it's about persistence. So, and and I, I actually think it was um, Ryan Smith with Qualtrics. He said the same thing about like, you know, be all in. You know, so if you're you're doing this, be all in, um, uh, all the way, but also be persistent in what you're doing. And if you do run into some roadblocks and they're legitimate roadblocks, um, evaluate that. Maybe you're not on the right course, and maybe you need to make some adjustments. Um, and however that that happens, um, yeah, just keep at it. Keep keep at it. And if it is something that is legitimately a, a great thing that's that will help whatever market you're in or industry then you'll see you'll see results but that persistence has to be there and you have to be all in. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the episode, Jared Porter. And uh, Jared, just to give you a beat. Hey, Jared. Give you a brief introduction on Jared. Um, he lived in suburbia for a period of time, and then his dad decided he was going to go off and teach at the Navajo Reservation. So that's where Jared went to school for a period of time. Then he went to LSU, and then uh, for the, after that, worked at some blue-collar jobs. Um, uh, most of the time he was going to school, came out of school, um, served a religious mission in, in Italy, got married, had two kids, and started a national or started working at a national benefits company on 401ks. Um, went over to Transamerica before de- or jumping over to where he's at today. So there's a brief introduction or overview <laughs> of Jared's uh, journey. But welcome to the podcast, Jared. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I'll, just one slight correction on that. I went to Utah State University, so USC. Oh, I had it as LSU. It should be uh, although well, that's LSU even worse. Utah State University. I, then I LSU did rival the BYU. <laughs> yeah, they 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 did, and and the, those two kids have now grown to. I now have six kids, so that that's a slight All right, so upgrade. Four kids and went to a different school. I was I was reasonably close. You, were, you got you got most of it, so I'll give you that. All right. Well, now that you've corrected me, let's go back into your journey. Start start out, kind of tell us how you got into going with your dad going into the Navajo reservation and let's pick up from there. Yeah, I mean, you you wouldn't expect something like that to happen. You you have your set of friends, you're used to things. It's almost like you have your habitual things that you're accustomed to and then your your dad wants to change things up and you move. And so I I went to high school in the Navajo, uh, Navajo Nation um area and so monument valley so mm. you know like forrest gump you know when he's running and then he he stops and there's all those people behind him he's like you know i'm kind of tired of going that backdrop <laughs> was something that i saw all the time so we traveled back and forth from from that area but so it was a different experience it was definitely mm. culturally a different experience and then um, i have a lot of friends from that and grew from that but i i, I never thought that i would slowly kind of move into the the position i i'm in right now i think i i think most people don't expect that it's kind of life kind of moves them in a certain direction Mm. um i i worked for ups for a while i worked again like you said a lot of blue collar jobs but i think that that was that was where i had a connection with a lot of people that were you know just hard workers and that's what they would do they just work 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 Mm. um 
And so the blue collar jobs were while you were studying at USU, is that right? Or Utah State University? Uh, yes. Yeah. So a little bit of both. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there was a lot of that. But I think that the, the biggest thing with kind of the transition out of um, when I when I finished my schooling and the funny thing is my degree is in English literature and it has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but I guess the research part, the research part is the, the good thing. But um, when I when I started working at National Benefit uh, Services, which is a, a third party administrator for 401k plans, um, that's where I think it opened up something completely different uh, for me as far as mm. what retirement savings plans are and how they apply for businesses. Um, what, yeah, let's dive in. So you, you're USU, you're studying, you said it was an English major, is that right? Well, no, I started, I started computer, uh, computer engineering, and then I ended up dropping that and going into English literature. I couldn't tell you why, but <laughs> I do love reading and research. So maybe that was. <laughs> so was it, when you graduated, out. was it a sense of, hey, I'll apply to as many jobs as like, you know, as I think that I might be able to get in a scattershot and happen to be national benefits? Or is that what you came out and you knew you wanted to do? Or how did you land at well, the, I, the initial company? Yeah, I, I don't think I, I was really set on what most people say, what well, are you going to teach? You know, that's what they usually say, are you going to teach? Um, I had already kind of lined up um, my job with uh, National Benefit Services right as I was finishing school. So mm -hmm. it was kind of the transition from the blue collar into into doing this. And um, so yeah, I'm I mean, going to press it just yeah. how so how did you did you apply? For, how did you line up the job? So I'm just because it doesn't seem oh, like it was a just, typical job. It was, uh, it was uh, one of those things where it's like, okay, I've been working blue collar. I need to go into the white collar industry if, if I'm mm. going to do something with my degree. And so uh, that was my my gateway into it. And and okay. it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I I sent I sent out probably a ton of applications, and it just kind of that was the one that fell into place and mm. uh, worked worked for what I was doing. So. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought there was there was so much to to be learned from it while being there. And so, yeah, uh, no, make <laughs> makes sense. It wasn't some like Cinderella story where it's like suddenly <laughs> I just you know finished school and stumbled into this and saw this and was like, oh, my life has changed. It was more of like you have to work your butt off while you're in there and keep going through that. And that's mm. that's kind of where where it went with NBS. So. All right. So you worked and, and that's, I don't think is atypical. You're, Hey, you're graduating. You're saying I need, I don't have not living on student loans anymore. I have to get a job. Life costs money. So what am I going to do? And you go and you apply to the jobs that you think you're qualified for or reasonably interested in. And then they come back and you choose from the ones that, you know, you look like it or the line up well. So you did yeah. that for a period of time, started to work with them. Sounds like it was overall a good experience. And I think you said you moved over to Transamerica next. Is that right? Yeah, so I moved over to Transamerica, and that was uh, um, that was kind of it, it was something that came up where because my expertise while I was there at NBS was in a certain field within mm. 401ks, and so they they seek out certain kind of niches within the industry, and so that I, I filled that niche. But that's that's really where there was a, kind of the transition that was there, mm. and and I had already been introduced to some people about uh, starting something very interesting. So that was kind of where that moved in from there. Um, while I was at Transamerica, I was unable to do any consulting, anything like that outside of working there 
for what I was wanting to do with 401Go and 401Go is the, the company that, um, you know, I, I, I have partners we, we co-founded and came together and, and put that together. So. Okay. So now you do that, you, you go and work, you know, you get the experience in Transamerica. Now kind of, or how did you then get from that to deciding and do 401Go and do your own thing and, and start, or, you know, do your own kind of business and startup? How did you, what prompted that transition or that startup? Um, well, that that was more of there was some consulting that happened kind of outside mm. of that where we had gone through what it, it was more it was kind of ethereal at first. You're thinking about well, what what can we do? And and let me just kind of tap into a couple of things. Working blue collar jobs and and working with people like that, and working at NBS, you start to see a trend with these smaller businesses mm. that are not getting the same features. They're they don't even have access to certain features and their costs are crazy. So they end up don't, they, they don't do anything. And so um, it, when you look at even the numbers, there's, it, it's like over 80% of these small businesses do not have a retirement savings account or a plan or anything. And it makes you think. And so there was that interaction that was really like, okay, we need to do something about that. Uh, my time at Transamerica was just it was a good experience, but I wouldn't say it was anything that kind of like, oh, well, this is how I do it. It was more of, okay, look, there's something that we need to build out. It needs to happen this way. Um, and so when I left Transamerica to do this full time and, and put this together um, with my partners and, and everyone else that's put into it, uh, it was very thought out. Like, how are we going to help these small businesses mm. um, have some sort of offering for retirement? Mm. So now did you start, you know, the, so, you know, 401 go, did you start that on your own? Did you have business partners? How did, what was kind of that Genesis or how did you get involved with there? How did you get that going? So, um, I, I had, uh, been in kind of a consulting role kind of mm. outside of uh, all that, just consulting on basic 401k, uh, information. And so we, I do have some partners that are involved and in that we all co-founded this and put it together, but um, our CTO is, uh, he would, I mean, his background is in automation, automating mm -hmm. like retail, uh, e-commerce and putting that sort of thing together. And what he did is, um, he took that same concept and he applied it to the, uh, 401k, which is typically a process where it's like, here's a form, fill out the form. Is that what you want? And there's this back and forth and, you know, weeks of time before anything happens. And so, um, through through what he was able to build as far as um the consulting on how do you need it how do you need to set this up to make this work um that's kind of where this was born out of uh where you, you take the concept of can you automate a 401k plan and the answer is yes and so that's where 401go is it's an automated 401k plan so there was a lot of thought into it back and forth just on the basics of a 401k and then mm. what a small business owner would would typically want or need so yeah. Okay. So you, you started out as consultant. Now you started out as consulting, kind of figured out what startup small businesses need and how they might provide that as a, as a benefit to their employees. So now is this something that you continue to do on the side? Did you jump in full time? What was that I'm, transition? Yeah, like? I'm full time. I, I came in uh, as soon as I left uh, Transamerica's full time. I came into it. Um, and really, I mean, we've seen just incredible growth from that. So coming into it, looking at what, um, what's been built, you know, even kind of 
tailoring some of those things, improving some of those things, and then mm. um, working the the line of, of partnerships. We just found that there's so much interest for this and so much need mm. that uh, that that's that's where it came. In. You know, I came into this full time to do it um, because I want to see you know everyone getting ready for retirement, something happening for them, at least having something set up. So you have like four hundred one go is synonymous with a small business 401k that's that's the end goal so mm, okay no that makes perfect sense now so you left transamerica said okay i'm all in with 401 go gonna make this a success gonna you know <laughs> take the market by storm was it you know all all roses and everything went perfectly as you left was it a uh you know hey this is a, a slog for a period of time was it ups and downs or kind of how did that go as you as you jumped over yeah i i would say um anything, if anyone tells you that it's all roses, they're lying, you know, like, <laughs> mm. and if you think it's all roses, then you, you probably need to have a reality check. Cause I mean, it isn't, and there are some really difficult moments, but that's the, the, the biggest thing here. And, and I like to follow, um, the, the philosophy that, you know, if you're persistent at something, you keep working at that thing, um, you'll get somewhere. And I think it, 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 regardless of how intelligent you are or how capable you are, if you are not persistent, you will get nowhere. And so it isn't just all roses. It, it, it's taken a lot of work. There's been a lot of um, stressful, difficult moments throughout that. But I, and the way I put this is it's incredibly difficult to make something very easy to use mm. <laughs> and simple for people to use. So you, you always have to um, adjust and improve to make it even better as mm. you go about it. And that's, that's based off of like user experience and stuff. So, so now walk me through a little bit more of what is, a, cause I mean, what you, what the temptation is, as a startup or a small business, or as you get going and you finally get successes, you tend to just hit on the highlight reels, right? Everybody gets to hear, or, Oh yeah, it was a little bit difficult or there was a few things, but we figured it out and now we're a raging successful dive in a bit. <laughs> so what was that? You know, was it, difficulty from how do we make, you know, how do we find customers to how do we make this affordable to make it, you mentioned a little bit of user experience, but you know, what were those difficulties and did they all come up front or did you initially have a great product you release and then it was making better kind of what was that part of the journey? So, I mean, our product is amazing, but you could have an amazing product that uh, you have no clients for. So I, I think hmm. when you go through that, you have to evaluate what is, um, what's working. So you do have to have a time of looking at your product and kind of as you're, you're moving to market, you need to look at what is working and why is it working and constantly reassess that and see. And so sometimes it, you, you could be really just nailing on one point and then find that that's not, it's not working for you. And that's where you need to always have that, that data in front of you and be mm. aware of it and then kind of find what route is best and we we have found that um partnerships partner channels has been the, the the best method for us as far as getting to those small businesses i mean mm -hmm. there's always organic growth but in in our situation it might not be the same for everyone else but um partnership channels if you have a really good partner i mean it it, it can help you mm -hmm. dramatically and where you need to go and even on the side, I mean, you could have organic growth that's happening while that is going on. But uh, we, we found the focus on partners, um, which 
you know, like financial advisors, CPAs, and um, payroll companies has been, or and also PEOs, but we found that those type of partnerships mm. have been very, very helpful because they are looking for solutions for their clients that aren't out there. So I would just say if anyone else is looking at that or addressing that with their business, that if something isn't working, don't try to make it work, you know, like. And so I'm going to dive in. How did you find out what didn't work for you? Right. So, you know, what was, <laughs> was that trial and error or what did you do? And what, or I'll back up. What were some of the things that didn't work for you and how did you identify them? Well, um, some of the things that weren't working where we were, we were trying to go about this as, um, very, very much direct to market. I mean, we had our partnership channel, but we were focused on the direct to market more than the partnership channel, which we already had that built ready to go. And we, we started to see that even doing that, that takes a lot of time and that takes a lot of effort to go into that. And so, and we found that out by, you know, you can see relative to the, the numbers where our partnership channel, which we hadn't focused on as much, was growing <laughs> and it was it was producing while we were spending the time on the direct to market and so there are a number of different ways you can approach it but when you see something that's working and you, even if you just put a little bit into it and you start mm. to see that growth that's where you're like okay it, you found what needs to happen I, I just think sometimes um you have to consider how far your your dollars go because if you were putting money into something you don't get that back if it is you know a marketing thing so you whatever way you can uh get results without mm. spending a whole bunch of money on it is probably the route to go right and so mm. yeah it is there's not an exact science unfortunately i wish i had that code that i could just give someone <laughs> and they, they they'd be good to go right so mm. yeah so, so now you, you, you finally figure things out, you get things going you know, get it up and running and, and what, remind me, what was the, when was it that you originally started or what was the, the founding date, so to speak? Um, so original founding was 2017. Hmm. Um, and that was coming together, getting things going, uh, the release to market where we had some beta clients, but release to market was 2019. So. So you launched 2019, been in business for a year and a half, you know, a year and a half, two years, somewhere in there. So how did, you know, so now you take that, you've, you know, started figuring out what has worked, what doesn't work, lessons learned and those type of things. You know, what, are, what's the, where do you see the next six to 12 months going for you guys? What's the, the trajectory and what's the plan? Yeah, I would say w one of the big things that um, we see happening is because we we have again we're focused on these partnerships and so we we have connected with some uh, bigger payroll providers where we have mm. a, a full integration with them um we've also worked with some of the other partners that we have in in a way where we're hitting the market in different ways um so we we project i mean just without giving you like the the hard numbers right mm. um with something with just one of these partnerships, we, we're, we're already going to see, I would say, um, tens of thousands of dollars of revenue that come through one of these partners. And we have multiple that we're really mm. pushing out. Um, and so, I mean, I see that. I see us just continually growing through those partnerships, but we also have other products that we're, we're looking to 
funnel through that partnership channel, like a, um, an IRA and an investment HSA. So we're looking at building out that automation that we've already built out for the small mm -hmm. business. So they have more features to go through. Um, and when you have a partnership channel that's already established, I mean, as you add more things into that, that channel, that's where you, you see quite a bit of growth. So I just, I, I can already see us growing uh, mm. substantially through those partnerships that have already been finalized or are already uh, in the process of being finalized. Okay. No, I think that sounds like a great, uh, great trajectory to be on and a great place to head. So, so now as you do that, I'm going to, as we get towards the end of the podcast, I, I always have two questions I ask at the end. So we'll jump to those now. So okay. We, and we hit on them maybe slightly, at least the first one a little bit, but we'll dive into it a bit more. So the first question I always ask is, with that, within your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Um, well, within that, I would say uh, maybe outside of 401Go, I've had some, there's there's a number of ones where I've, I've probably... Uh, put too much money into something that wasn't well thought out without giving any names on it. I'll just say, just mm. be, just be careful about how much you're putting into uh, a business that hasn't, you know, you haven't looked at all angles of it. And if you put so much money into it, you can't get back. Um, yeah. If you can't grind and get something back for that, just, just evaluate those decisions. So the, prior to 401go, I've, I've had some of those moments where, you know, thinking this is, this is the greatest thing. And, and then, you know, my wife would probably be, she'd definitely <laughs> argue with me on that. So yeah. Um, it, it probably a, a few years before even 401Go, there were some, some, uh, opportunities, opportunities that, that come up and, um, yeah, I probably should have evaluated them better, but bad business decisions based off of that. But mm. All right. No. And I think that that yeah. one's, you know, Hey, it's a common, it's more common. You think that one, you know, sometimes the temptation is when you're going to make an investment, Hey, this is too good to be, you know, almost so it's too good to be true, but you invest in something that you don't know, or you can't add value, or you didn't do your due diligence, your homework on, and that can turn out, you know, less than optimal in that, or you can get into a partnership with people. And I think that you have to look into a partnership, not that different from a marriage in the sense you're going to be working with this person a lot yeah. of time. You're going to be spending a lot of days and, you know, if everybody's working hard, it works out great. If you only have one person that's working hard and the other person, you get frustrated or it doesn't feel like you're equally yeah. playing it. You know, there's all those things. So I think when you're looking at an investment opportunity, you're doing things to your point, you almost need to look and see, okay, is this one, do I know enough about this industry or can I come up to speed or learn before I put the money in Two, yeah. you know, can I, can I add value in the, in the project? And then three is who am I getting into in, a, in bed with? And all of those yep. can make the difference between it being a successful venture and one where you're continually frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, and that's, that's so, how you learn though. I mean, I, unfortunately some people learn the hard way and, and yeah. There's always lessons to be learned and sometimes you get to pay more, uh, more tax on to learn those lessons than others. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excuse me. Now, as we jump to maybe the second question, which is, so if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, I, I think that, and, and this is the advice I, I kind of give to myself is, um, it, it is, it's about persistence. 
So, and and I, I actually think it was um, Ryan Smith with Qualtrics. He said the same thing about like, you know, be all in, you mm. know, so if you're, you're doing this, be all in um, uh, all the way, but also be persistent in what you're doing. And if you do run into some roadblocks and they're legitimate roadblocks, um, evaluate that maybe you're not on the right course and maybe you need to make some adjustments. Um, and however that, that happens, um, yeah, just keep at it, keep, keep at it. And if it is something that is legitimately a, a, a great thing that's, that will help whatever market you're in or industry, then you'll see, you'll see results, but that persistence has to be there and you have to be all in. No, I, I think that's great advice. And I think it's one where, you know, sometimes people dream of being in a startup or a small business and then they get there and then they, they're not all in or they have hesitations or they're only, you know, halfway in, halfway out. And it always is so difficult to do that. And yet, you know, on the other hand, I'll give them a little bit of slack. It's hard to know when to be all in or when you have that, you know, the boat close enough to the dock that you can jump over into the boat as opposed to landing in the water. So, but I think right. once you make that decision, you need to be all in, then there isn't, you know, there shouldn't be a, a looking back or, you know, doing something else because it will just uh, distract you from building the business. So I think that's great advice. Right. Well, as people want to, you know, they want to find out more about 401 go, they want to connect with you. They want to be a client. They want to be an investor. They want to be a new employee. They want to be your next best friend, any or all of the <laughs> above. What's the best way to find out more or connect with you? So they can go to 401go.com or they can email me directly at jared at 401go.com. That's J-A-R-E-D at 401go.com. Or um, I, I think that's probably the best way. I don't want to give out too many of the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> all right no that works yeah yep. check out the website or email you directly and they yeah. can uh, hit you up and connect for any or all of the above yeah well it's been it's fun right. been fun to have you on jared it's been a pleasure now for all yeah. of you that are uh listeners that uh, you have a journey that you want you know, you want to tell um feel free to apply to be on the podcast at inventivejourneyguest.com we'd always love to hear your uh, your journeys if you're a listener make sure to click subscribe so you get a notification as all of our awesome episodes come out and last but not least, if you uh, ever need help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law, and we're always here to help. Thanks again, Jared. It's been a pleasure, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Devin. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of The Inventive Journey, make sure to go and check out Startups Magazine. They're an awesome uh, magazine and podcast centered over in the UK. And if the magazine is a digital and print magazine where they focus on um, tech startups and entrepreneurs, and they also have a focus on uh, female founders and women in tech. So if you want to check out their magazine, neither digital or print, it's uh, Startups Magazine, Startups with an S, magazine.co.uk. And you can also look at their podcast, which is called The Serial entrepreneur so go check them out they're awesome and definitely if you like this episode you'll like them <laughs> <laughs>